This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Are you ready? You're listening to the newest installment of My Take Radio, Behind the Mic. This week I'm talking to YouTube vlogger Wayne Shada. He has a show on YouTube covering mixed martial arts. He does a lot of fight recaps, and he also does a lot of just great MMA talk, usually with JMMA and a couple of other guys from Team Takeover, and he's also part of the Team Takeover family, so let's bring him on. What's going on, Wayne? How are you? Great, everybody in YouTube. The internet, the radio, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. All right, so let, let's get into your work on YouTube. You've done a, a lot of great analysis for MMA cards. I know you've been doing it probably since about February of 2011 based on how your channel works. You've got great numbers, great subscribers. What What inspired you to get into the video blogging and especially about something like MMA, which is so divided in terms of its fan base. It's kind of interesting. You know, um, uh, you mentioned Team Takeover, um, who is pretty much the head uh, The head person of it is uh, a guy by the name of Bloodstain Lane. If you, have, if you don't know who he is, uh, Google him or YouTube him. He definitely is an interesting character. But I met Bloodstain Lane uh, last year around, um, around November. And uh, we, we kind of hit it off. Uh, it was actually pretty crazy. Uh, I didn't like the guy at first. And then, of course, you get to meet people, and they're a little bit different. Extremely, extremely nice guy. We talked, We um, and eventually, you know, he had an issue with John Jones, and I was actually there for some reason. So I was uh, there when they had, like, a little interaction between John Jones and him. And uh, I was always defending him. And it turns out earlier this year in February was a strike force press conference. Sure enough, I show up and he's there. He's like, come on, man. And of course, I'm late. He goes, come on, come in with me. Come hang out with me. Now, this guy, I mean, from from his persona on, on the on the radio and on, on YouTube, you would think he's a complete prick. Nonetheless, he's actually a really nice guy. So I hung out with him and, and he, I met his brother Fahrenheit. And uh, we, we pretty much hit it off automatically. We cut. We had dinner with Golden Glory, and uh, he introduced me to a whole bunch of people. And, and one of the things that he, he, he uh, the Fahrenheit told me was pretty much, you know, Wayne, uh, you should try doing some more stuff for uh, Team Takeover, man. Whatever you want to do, let me know, man. We'll, we'll, we'll push it. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll support you no matter what. I'm like, really? I said, you know what? If I'm going to be your friend with this guy, because that's what we started to form a friendship over Twitter. I said, you know what? I don't want to be one of these clingers or hangers on i'm going to try to do something to to help out him uh, you know team takeover so i said you know what i'm going to start doing vlogs because i noticed there was uh two three other people doing vlogs and i said you know what i could do the same thing i i grabbed myself a nice logitech camera thanks to a hundred dollar gift certificate that i got from somebody and uh for an hour straight just kept on doing talking into the thing talking to the thing because i was so nervous i wanted to get it perfect and finally i put it out there 
And uh, next thing you know, I became a uh, YouTube team takeover vlogger. And, uh, you know, I'm, all, I'm the type of person, much like you, you know, Rich, I want to improve what I do. Production is very important to me. But I also want to have my own way of spinning things. And, and you know, I, I watched part of the interruption on ESPN. And I said, you know, what would be great if, if, uh, if I could do some type of split screen thing. And um, I, I went ahead and, and found out that there was a way of doing it. And, uh, you know, I tested a couple people out and uh, Chuck, JMMA all day, started going on and we kind of just formed a friendship through that. And we, I think we have a good chemistry together. So that's pretty much how it goes right now. You guys have you guys have actually really great chemistry, really great presence, which I like. But the best part is that you guys present the sport from an analytical standpoint. Like even though it's you're watching it as a, as a YouTube vlog and you're watching it on a YouTube channel – the way you guys present it, you guys are, are knowledgeable about the sport. You guys seem comfortable and you have a good rapport. And going back to what you said earlier, you know, just talking in front of the camera for an hour. How, by what episode did you feel after doing a couple of them, did you feel that you hit your stride and you were comfortable? And how was the feedback initially when you started doing it? Automatically, I got support from certain other vloggers. I would say DiBiase would would be one of them. Uh, there was another guy by the name of uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But uh, you know, there's another guy Gumby that that used to do vlogs. I don't know where he is now. And uh, Sambo Kid, Sambo Joe. Uh, there was a couple people that that right away were like, "Oh, you're doing good. You're doing good." And to be honest, the first um, vlog I did, I, I cursed a lot, and I. Uh, you know, I, it, it was just me trying to loosen up, and I felt, you know, here I am trying to, you know, I'm, I'm affiliated with Team Takeover. People get assume that, I, that I'm going to need to curse, and, and it was a, a poor imitation of, uh, of what Bloodstained Lane was. And I realized that, you know, it's just after seeing it, the first couple of vlogs that it just wasn't me. I'm not the type of person to curse all the time. And, you know, sometimes and, and Bloodstained Lane is great at what he does. And then I'm I, you know what? I'll, I'll try my best to be as clean as possible. To be honest, uh, I can't even tell you off the top of my head what vlog I felt very comfortable with. But I knew that going, uh, you know, I, I spoke about Fedor a little bit and I, I felt like I was more honest and from the heart you know I'm a big Howard Stern fan and he always says talk from the heart you know let everything out you know I would say that you know there were a couple I, I guess to be honest the one that sticks out in my mind is the Shogun uh, UFC 128 Shogun vlog that I did uh, I just I just talked from the heart and I you know that's where I felt the most comfortable to be honest did you feel at that point that you had turned the corner in terms of just the the right amount of of factors coming together and in other words did you feel hey i finally reached that point where i'm comfortable where i'm portraying myself as genuinely as possible and if so when you finally reached that milestone did you say to yourself okay i'm going to try and now take this to the next level or did you figure let me get a couple more shows under my belt and just tighten up my game a bit to, to be honest, yeah, what, UFC 128, when I watched that and I spoke, I looked back at it and I said the comments that I got from people were just really genuine comments. Um, and then, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm always looking to differentiate myself from everybody else. You know, I do not want to mimic everybody. I want to start my own thing. And so I said, you know what, let me get let me get uh, some type of new way of doing a vlog. And, and that's what I did, you know. Uh, 
So I got a little help from Zombie Prophet from IronForgesIron.com, and um, he helped me out. And you know, I, I I wanted to make sure that I differentiated myself. But yeah, I mean, uh, to get back to your question, I thought that um, that vlog was when I started to feel comfortable and see, you know, get my my mojo, as as some people would say. With with regards to you now doing, I you know, you've done pre- pretty much a. Uh... A, a nice number of, of videos at this point are people actually do people recognize you in real life from your work now like outside of of you know the mma community outside of twitter does somebody say hey i've seen you on on a blog or something like have you have you hit that that little that little niche where people kind of know who you are now one person actually um earlier i guess during the summer i was uh, i got to watch uh the movie warrior um, I was with Bloodstain Lane. Uh, we, we're good friends. We hang out from time to time. And uh, Bloodstain actually, uh, he tweeted uh, that we were together out at a bar. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy PJ uh, came in and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you from the from your vlogs. I was just so, like, enamored by that. You know, like, what, you, you watch my vlogs? What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. I talk. I'm always trying to – one of the things that you see is that I'm trying to get feedback. But aside from him, uh, to be honest – uh, no, I do have my friends, my own personal friends, who actually watch it, and they actually love to watch me talk, which is pretty interesting to me because it's 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 not something they don't watch the sport at all, but they're they're amazed by me just talking. So, have yeah. you ha- have your vlogs brought people to the sport? Have you felt that you've educated novice fans or new fans enough that you can you can attest to the fact that new fans have come in? Um. I don't know necessarily my vlogs do. I, I think people are more aware of sometimes the dynamic of some of the fights because of the way I talk about it. As far as bringing new people to the sport, I would probably say for uh, whenever I'm out, if I am out with my friends, I would I threw on the Strike Force. Uh, I, I threw on a Strike Force card with um, and off the top of my head, I think it was the one with um, with uh, with uh, Scott Smith and Paul Daly. Where Daly just knocked him out. Yeah, where well, he um, flattened him brutally, out. Pretty brutally. And and actually, people were watching. We were flipping between the UFC card because it, it was at the same time. There was a UFC card and a Strike Force card. And uh, and people did not like the UFC card. They loved the Strike Force card. And uh, they were asking me a million questions. The most important question they asked me was, what is a 10-8 round? And I had to explain to them what a 10-8 round was. Um, luckily, I think one of the fights, um, some guy was really like railing on some guy, and I said, you know, uh, this is what a 10-8 round would look like. But yeah, that's if if I, I'd actually would say that I, I brought maybe two or three people to watch it casually, very casually. But yeah, that's good. I one thing you were mentioning, you know, you've mentioned Bloodstain Lane. I've had Bloodstain Lane on the show often. You know, him and I communicate as well. And one thing I wanted to bring to your attention, do you feel that now that you have YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and just the the social media machine out there, that it kind of opens the world of mixed martial arts to a point where everybody kind of becomes a pundit? Do you feel that social media has watered that down where you can't just be a fan, you have to be a pundit? Um, Everybody's got an opinion. So, um, I mean, yeah, the internet has made it easy for people to... to, um, 
to to talk and become a pundit and yo yes of course anybody can go on on uh, get a webcam and talk talk and, and explain themselves about what their views are on a fight yeah i mean the only thing that i make i'm critical of of anybody that does do that and decides to pick up a webcam and do a youtube vlog is or, or do a radio show is just i study the sport and what i don't know I go out and I look to see online what I can find, whether it's videos. And, you know, you mentioned my partner, Chuck. Uh, Chuck is amazing when it comes to just fighters and Japanese. I mean, his nickname is JMMA all day. He really does know a lot about Japanese MMA. And whatever I don't know, I ask him, you know. And, uh, I mean... Look, there's a lot of things that I'm learning still. And all I ask is that, or, or I would recommend to anybody that were to do that, if to pick up, you know, become a pundit, quote unquote pundit, is just, if you have an opinion, it's awesome that you have an opinion. Just make sure that you're able to defend it. Because if you just say, oh, Fader sucks because he's fought cans. I mean, that's opinion, yeah, but explain. Well, he fought this guy, he fought this guy, this guy's a can, this guy's a, you know, he sucks. But um, just explain yourself, you know. So yeah, it does it does open up the the floodgates for people to 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 you know uh, say their comments. Um, but people kind of are able to realize. I th I would think that if you're gonna do it, at least you know what you're talking about, and people have a feeling of whether or not you know your stuff. You know, I just can't any any and anybody can make a, a vlog, but wh whether people will watch it continuously and come back is is really their instinct of whether or not they feel like you are worth listening to and what your knowledge, the knowledge you're giving out is, is reputable, you know, and valid. Have you have you experienced any put it like this? Have you had any negative experiences since you started vlogging actively or has it been something where? you desensitize yourself to negative commentary have there been incidences where you've done a, a vlog and somebody puts a comment or you read twitter and you read a comment and you're like wow that's totally not the message i wanted to put out or you know you your message gets misconstrued have you had a, a few of those moments or none of those moments yet i have had plenty of those moments <laughs> i have and, and you know what a lot of it has to do with uh my affiliation with uh with blessing lane and uh, I, I understand, and um, you know, I, I kind of try to kill um, kill people with kindness, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the last vlog I did, and I'm probably going to do one tonight or tomorrow uh, on the UFC 139 card. I said I kind of simply put the the uh, Guida and um, Henderson fight aside, and uh, somebody called me out on it. And and generally, if somebody calls me out on it, I'll, I'll definitely make a comment. Like, I'll, I'll look back on what I said and say, well, you know, I was right or wrong or whatever. I saw but that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I simply, I kind of, kind of passed on or brushed aside that fight. And, and when I was finished with the vlog, I realized, and I listened back to it, I realized, you know, I should have kind of put more emphasis on that fight and I didn't. And I'm, I know it's easy for me to say that after the fact, but I am a big fan of both guys. And I really just simply just, uh, kind of d did that. And, uh, you know, there's several, I, I get at least one negative comment and, and that's okay. That's perfectly okay. Because I'd rather people 
write me and let me know i don't agree with you or disagree uh, agree, uh you know or disagree with you or say whatever you want as long you know as long as you you're hearing and listening to what i'm saying so yeah i get i get that all the time i i, I would say i get about one negative com- uh, comment a day in fact i had a guy named acre uh, i don't even know where he's gone now he used to just uh, it's crazy I used to get a negative comment from this guy for every vlog. <laughs> wow. A guy named Aker. And uh, and it always had to do with Anthony. Um, and Jeez. I told him. I, I told him. I said, you know, um, I appreciate you. T-, and I shouted him out. And I said, you know what? What, what is it that you don't like? Um, what is it that I did? That, and then I, eventually he talked about, oh, it's too long. It's this and that. And it turned out that the guy said it. I don't know how I did it, but I was able to get the guy to kind of constructively criticize my vlog. And he would eventually those negative comments became positive ones. You know, um, I had a guy named Mr. Two Cam, uh, um, Cameron that I just did a vlog with maybe two, two, um, two vlogs ago. And, and Cameron was uh, not that it was a negative comment. He, he would always talk about, I say, um, too much. Um, 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 uh, 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 and it's something that, you know what, thank you for saying that, you know, I say that too much and I'm going to work on it. And, you know, I still, I'm not 100% finished, uh, do that i just did it right now but <laughs> it's all right you know, yeah you know I'm, I'm working on it and yeah i mean i i get the ne- negative comments probably one or two a vlog well i, I fig- appreciate them i figured I, ha- I had to ask because you know we we were out there we put our opinions out on a public forum and sometimes you get you get commentary that even though it's delivered in a harsh manner it, it is educating which is goes back to what you were saying and it's nice when you can take a take a troll and make him a fan which is which is always good but i figured i I had to touch on those experiences especially in your case because you unlike me have your face out there so you know you're 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 more accomplished with regards to that than i am just because you've developed a level of comfort where you can deliver your views with your face out there like somebody can bump into you in the street be like hey man you know i saw your video on this and i didn't really like it and you know you you run that risk of that that cloud of anonymity going out the window for you yeah and and, and it's so funny that you mentioned that something popped in my mind that even bloodstain lane gets it he gets it all the time too um he, in fact he was down here in brooklyn and he went to the dmv and some guy goes yo what's up bloodstain lane he goes hey what's up man how you doing he goes good and the guy was like listen yo you you uh you blocked me from twitter <laughs> and <Bloodstain> lane goes <laughs> He goes, so what I block you for too? He goes, oh, I called you this or that, and and Bloodstain Lane's like, oh man, yo, I'm sorry. He's like, yo, are we gonna do? You, I mean, uh, are we gonna have an incident here? He's like, yo, I, uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm saying it in a in a lighthearted way. I'm of sure course. it's not exactly the way he said it, but uh, uh, are we good? Are we good right now? And the guy said, yeah, man, yeah, whatever. He's like, all right, and that was it. But it's funny. I mean, I feel sorry sometimes for Bloodstain Lane. He, it's it's a it's a give and take. With, with vlogging where people do recognize you and they man somebody made a video about him uh, like a gay video and, and <laughs> where they were mocking him and i heard about insane. that it's insane man well the, it, this stuff it's it's funny because the the mma community you know given given that you know especially on my end we cover you know we cover four different topics like mma is only one factor the the fickleness of the fans and and you know Bloodstain Lane has cited that as well is is insane and sometimes it gets to the point where you you probably have asked yourself this where if people are so negative about the sport 
then why watch it? I I don't I don't get it. You know what I don't get sometimes is uh, some of the the heat that uh, Blood Saint Lane gets, which is people get worked up about this guy, and I don't know why. And it, some of them are my own friends too. Some people I know are like, "Whoa, what's this guy all about? He's a jerk. He's this and that. He runs his mouth." And I say, and I kind of have to remind people, listen, he's a vlogger, he's a construction worker. Relax, it's not that serious. It's not like it's somebody he's not getting paid to send out his comments. So his comments are really, I mean, they're widespread and people hear about them. But relax, you know. Uh, I've always, my friend Richie always says, you're one and done in the UFC. You know, when it comes to certain fans, it's one and done. What your last fight is is what people judge you on, and it's it's kind of wild sometimes. You know, Fedor gets stuck in that stuck in that uh, category where people don't realize the history. And I said, you know, I mentioned it before. If you're going to make a comment or view your opinion on something, learn the backstory, learn your history. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a very fickle crowd. And sometimes I think it's a it's a little much, you know, it's a little, little much. The the, the funny thing with with that and, and, and it being a little much is that we've run into instances on our end where we get. You know, since we cover professional wrestling and, you know, now we see so many professional wrestlers going into mixed martial arts, the the segregation and div- and divisiveness about, about between the fans of both sports, well, of wrestling and mixed martial arts, sometimes that even blurs the lines because I've gotten letters sometimes where people are like, you know, I don't know why you talk about pro wrestling, pro wrestling's bullshit, and it's, you know, you have to remind people that that's a, a, a facet of what you do. It's the same thing with you know, discussing Fedor and, you know, his accomplishments versus his accomplishments when he first got in the game. Like anything else, there's going to be highs and lows, there's going to be lulls, and people shouldn't base accomplishment on one or two things. You have to take the sum of somebody's work completely, which is what I tell people when they beef about, you know, wrestling and mixed martial arts or not covering one and covering the other. It's the fact that most of these guys have to transition into that when when we were younger, you know, and you did any kind of collegiate wrestling or, or or high school wrestling, the only future you had was either competing in an Olympic caliber wrestling tournament or in the Olympics or going into professional wrestling. M- MMA has opened the doors for plenty of athletes with that base now to go into a sport and make money. So I don't understand how so many people can, can segregate these two genres when in some cases they can coexist because they create personalities that affect both sides. They're so similar. And I tell you what, if it, I, I, MMA wouldn't be as big it is, as it is in America, if it wasn't for pro wrestling. And I, and you know, most of the fans, a lot of the fans that you see that are fanatics were pro wrestling fans, right? A lot of people watch the same and, and you, you'd be surprised how many pro wrestlers, because I am very good friends with my friends. Uh, I have a friend named Kevin uh, Kevin Matthews, um, Tsukaki Kevin Matthews. Um, I don't know if you want to um, check him out online. He's got a um, he's working for the the Wrestling Revolution Project. This big, right. big big thing coming out of um, out of California. So is a um, friend of mine, Amazing Red. <laughs> oh, there you go. There, yeah, Red, Red, of course. So Red. 
and and you know Kevin, they're all wrestling together, and those guys love the sport of mixed martial arts. They That's absolutely right. love it. I mean, uh, and I wanted to have Kevin on. He's a huge Nick Diaz fan, Shale Sonnen. In fact, Shale. Uh, talks to Kevin all the time. When when uh, CM Punk did that shoot interview, um, Ke- uh, he DM'd Kevin. Uh, and I hope I'm not, I don't think he, Kevin cares about me saying this, but yeah, Shale wrote him and said, you know, uh, yeah, did you check out that CM Punk promo? That was really good. That's really good stuff. And so, um, you know, the uh, it, it's really just, it's it's very silly, the, the hatred. Um you know, and, and and you got you got the uh, the MMA fans that are just strictly MMA fans. They never watch pro wrestling. Yeah, they dog out pro wrestling, and and you know, uh, it's it's really, in my opinion, it's stupid. But you know, they're both very very similar. Not, I mean, obviously, the 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 sp- one sport is real, the other one is fixed. But uh, you know, um, just the the personalities and the way it's presented is very similar. Well. Now, since we're on the topic of, of personalities, how how crucial do you think the success of MMA has been on the development of personalities for fighters? I think that one of the big selling points now for the sport is that there are now stories and there's also character development for a lot of these guys. I mean, when you look at a guy like Nick Diaz who you know, prides himself on being the heel, you know, the antithesis of a guy like George St. Pierre... It's it's a compelling story. Not only that, but you have a guy who competes in triathlons and genuinely fights for the for the for the sake of fighting. I mean, yeah, he wants to get paid, but do you feel that personas help the sport of mixed martial arts grow at a at a faster rate, or do you think that there are times when it's a detriment? It could go either way, but I would say it's more positive than negative. Um, Definitely, people want to have a reason to root for somebody. They want to know why do I? Care. They want to know why I care, and so um, you know, uh, yeah, it's definitely. They want people to go out and say, "Well, I like George St. Pierre because he does this and he does that," and you know, people want to be able to relate to 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 um, MMA um, fighters. And yeah, I know with uh with pro wrestling, you know, everybody wants to be the guy who tells flips off flips the bird to his boss so they can relate to stone cold steve austin when when he does that but and you know it's a little harder with mma but yeah i mean pretty much um it's really really important people need to know why should i care that these two guys are fighting Uh, unless i you know they're gonna say the two guys that just go in okay there's a guy named junior dos santos he's a brazilian guy and there's a mexican guy named kane velasquez okay they're two meatheads they're gonna fight well, one's a wrestler and one's a, some guy that does, he fights off his back. Oh, well. You know, people want a re- reason to root for these guys. So, yeah, it's really important character development, you know. So, yeah, I agree. Do you think that a guy, and, and, and this is a great example, um, Dana White. Dana White has helped grow the sport of MMA. And whether you love the guy or hate the guy, I feel that a lot of what he does and presentation falls within the level of theatrics. I mean, this is a guy that has said publicly, you know, he's a huge fan of Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's work. Do you feel that there are facets to Dana White's character, which are exaggerated by him just to help grow the sport, to help put the sport out there and get noticed? I've met Dana White possibly two or three times. Extremely nice guy with the fans. 
as a business person, I personally can't say that I, 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 you know, I know anything about that. All I could do is read what I hear on the on the internet or what people say. Getting back to your question, uh, forgive me, but with with Dana with Dana White, does he do a detriment? You you asked me if he does a detriment to to MMA. No, no, no. What I what I was asking was the fact that is his is his level of interaction and and the way he presents the sport good and good and bad because I feel that there's a part of the way he does things especially publicly where he wants to bring the sport to the front page at the expense of him coming off as an asshole. Yeah, he he's willing to do that. Right. This guy's willing, you know, he's definitely willing to do that. Um, and, and yeah, sometimes what he does is he alienates himself to hardcore fans or some people don't like that, you know? And you talk about the pro wrestling, the pro wrestling side of, of me loves what Dana White does. Uh, the, the, the business side and the fan point of it where, you know, I, I want the, so, um, the sport to be mainstream, uh, if it'll ever be that way. Um, I, I don't appreciate that, you know? I don't appreciate when the guy dogs out his fighters. Um, he's critical. I mean, he's a boss of a company. No boss would usually go out in public generally and, and dog out of, uh, uh, the, one of their own employees like that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's not always a positive thing. But, yeah, Dana White takes a lot of heat. And, and you know what? He probably gains more fans than he does uh, loses them. So. Well, dogging out dogging out your fighters is, is something of, of interest to me only because – I think that while it does come off in some respects negative, I think that sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. I mean, when he called Kenny Florian a choke artist, I I was shocked that he would use that type of terminology just like, "Hey man, you know, this guy's a choke artist." But in the grand scheme of things, you look at Kenny, you know, you look at Kenny Florian's overall quote, you know, book of of fights and it's a guy that gets up to the big dance doesn't doesn't you know doesn't make it all the way through and rather than go back to the drawing board and and try and establish himself in a division he'll go and he'll jump to another division and he'll try again and he'll look good and then he'll drop the ball again right well yeah i mean what he says is not always the truth but a lot of times it is you can use a different choice of words you know you're not talking mm-hmm. when you when you're a president of a company you have to be there's got to be a, a little bit of ethics and, and business. Um, you have to have a little bit of business ethics. And, uh, yeah, choke artist isn't the right word. You could say that he can't. <laughs> right. You, you could easily say that when it comes to the big stage, I think that Kenny Florian, you know, comes short. You could say, that, you mm-hmm. know, you go, there's guys that like Derek Jeter. You'll never hear him say anything in, to the newspaper, whether it's critical of somebody else that's going to be really – come across as insulting you know stuff like that it bothers people it gets underneath their skin yeah of course well the the way the way you painted it is and and just to sum it up you would rather a better delivery of the message than the way the message is put out initially of course there you go that works for me shifting gears a little bit obviously this weekend we had the the ufc on fox you know it was pretty historic it was a, a huge step towards mainstreaming MMA. What were your overall thoughts on, on the way the broadcast went? Uh, you know, obviously the, the, the Guida Henderson fight should have been televised. If you really, really, really wanted to, to, to get the fans super motivated, 
what were your thoughts on the card? What did you think could have been done a little differently, if anything? And, you know, what are your expectations for a, your, a future Fox card? I'm giving the Fox, that, that first show, a little bit of a relaxed. I'm not going to go too crazy on it. Um, did I like the opening jingle? No, it kind of reminded me too much about football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you agree. know, uh, right away. Uh, the And I was really, really shocked to see uh, Dana White there right away. Um, as as commentating in in that role, I just thought maybe they could have had somebody else, or you know, uh, do I think that Brock Lesnar and Dana White were the two people that should have been on there? Absolutely not. Um, you know, they 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 could have easily had Joe Rogan, who's a kind of a well-known face. Maybe it has to do with the fact that he's on NBC. You know, I think he's on NBC with the Fear Factor. And Possibly that may have been it. That might have been the the reason why. But then again, he was on the broadcast. Um, I would have way preferred to see those guys than uh, than than Dana. Um, the but as far as the presentation, it wasn't that bad. It gave everybody a little bit of a background of the the fight. Um, you know, it 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 was okay. It it drew big numbers. 5.7 yep. people. I had my own coworker saying, wow, did you see? They didn't, they didn't even know what was going on. They just said that my guy lost. Did you see you guys lo- lose? Um, and I said, uh, yeah, I saw the fight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much it, it was okay. And I, I'm willing to, to give – everything is a, it can be done in, in, in due time. I'm sure they'll, they'll fix it. Uh, but, yeah, having the football announcer um, start the show off, um, the opening jingle, uh, it just was a little bit weird for me. Okay. I I personally felt the same in with regards to, you know, the football jingle. I'm like, look, this is something I should hear Sunday, not Saturday. And Dana White being in, in, in the analyst booth with Brock Lesnar was, I think, in some respects counterproductive only because it made it feel like it required the hand of the of the ceo to sell you on the product which you know i i just felt that if you're selling a product you let your fighter sell the product in in some instances brock lesnar was more um more brusque more i guess he was a bit more rough only because you you can see you can see a little bit of the wrestling coming through he was like yeah you know i want kane to win so i can fight him next after i beat alistair over him so you know he was selling his fight and shilling his fight which was good, but I just felt that having both guys in there not on the same page, because there were times when Brock Lesnar would pretty much, you know, destroy what anything Dana White said, like, ah, you know, Kane this, this, Brock Lesnar back, no, well, you know, not this and not that, and it just didn't help make it seem like they were on the same page. Absolutely not, and the fact that you had Mandy Moore giving out comments, I mean, uh, about the your opinion on the fights, <sighs> I mean, there were so many other people that they could have on there that that could have done different promos for them. Um, I it felt it definitely felt rushed. Mm-hmm. You know, it did feel it a just, little rushed. It, it it was just rushed. Um, I appreciate the fact that they had a huge uh, heavyweight title fight on on for free, but it was definitely rushed. You know, it, I, it was rushed and something that you know and and i'll I'll quote bloodstain lane you got two guys that are going in there with serious knockout power if if either the network or the ufc honestly thought that they would go five rounds they're out of their fucking minds yeah because both of those both of those guys that you know they have dynamite in their fists the the way i i saw it is 
you should have had your main event and your co-main event. You should have had a pre-game and a post-game, and I, and there would have been plenty of time. In 60 minutes, you would have had, you know, a 15-minute fight and a 25-minute fight. That's that's only 40 minutes. That's still 10 minutes of pre-show, 10 minutes of post-show, and the presentation would have been good. I think that with regards to that, Fox was apprehensive about how the sport would do for their network, especially after what happened with CBS and Strike Force. So I have a feeling that they were definitely being restrictive on what was going on. Not only that, but I think they were scared of bloodshed. Because right. even though there was a disclaimer at the start of the program, they knew that, you know, the heavyweights were going to go out there and it was going to end quick and it wasn't going to be bloody. Which, mm-hmm. you know, they know, we all know, Clay Guida's a bleeder. And, right. um... You know, Ben Ben has no problem cutting a guy open. So I think there was definitely that level of network control. Do I do I expect them to do something different? Absolutely. But to go back to what you were saying, there's so many other casual and hardcore fans that you can have on your broadcast to sell your product that, you know, yeah, Mandy Moore goes to UFC events, but you know what? So does 50 Cent. So does Justin Bieber. So does Shaq. You can, you can go down a who's who, especially if they were in California – you you could have yanked a who's who of, of MMA fans and done something a little bit more um, open-ended as opposed to just using a face that, you know, you see once in a while on a pay-per-view. I, I, I just, the the one fight that comes to my mind, I said, you know, if they had put Frankie Edgar versus Green Maynard 3 on there, wow, would people have been all talking about that fight? You know, something like that would have been fantastic for an opening show. They chose uh, two guys that were going to end the fight quickly, and and it was no, it wasn't a shock to me. I knew it was a possibility it'd be a decent fight, but I, I I didn't think that these guys, you know, with heavy, uh, with heavyweight fights, these guys have heavy hands, and uh, a fight can end within a second, you know, and and that's exactly what happened, you know, within a minute and four seconds, that was it. Uh, just a poor choice, but you know, again, I think it was just, uh, uh, it was rushed, and it was more of a. Let's see what we can do, how it comes across. And you know what? It came across very well. 5.7 is the uh, people amount of people, uh, the ratings. So they did good. Well, yeah, they mainstreamed, which is what, which is something that, I, that I'm always very happy for. I mean, anything that helps mainstream, mainstream the, the, the brand and helps mainstream just mixed martial arts in general is always something I, I'm always happy about. I mean, I, I go on air and I'll say, hey, make sure you watch Bellator on MTV2 because it's free support the sport or hey if you got hd net watch this or check out this dream card etc etc because at the end of the day there's still a stigma associated with the sport and no matter how well you make how pretty you make it look there's still going to be you know the bob arams of the world the polit the new york politicians that will always paint the sport negatively because there's no way for them to line their pockets yet right exactly so well well it is what it is but yeah it was it was a success it was a success, and I'm sure that um, I hope I would only hope that the people that have never watched the fight would come would go back and give it another shot. Cause I had my own friends text me like, "Oh, that was horrible," you know, a minute and four seconds, that was whack. But uh, hopefully, some of those people come back and give it another try, you know. So, how do you feel about Strikeforce and their future now? With the UFC on Fox and and Bellator mainstreaming, do you think Strikeforce may may not be long for this world? No, no. Let's let's be honest here. If you know the history of what what um, Zufa did with Pride, you know that um, 
they had no intentions of actually holding on to strike force same thing with pro wrestling you know wwf bought wcw and that was it you know they bought out the competition then they gutted out whatever they wanted to gut out and that was it so uh you know bellator needs to make bigger stars they need to be able to to they have the financial backing now so hopefully we'll see some guys uh go over and i say hopefully i i don't know if that's a good thing or not but uh you know it's good for the sport competition's always great um so i'm 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 happy that bellator is is making a, a small mark in, in the mma what do you want to i don't want to i don't want to downgrade bellator okay um, i definitely don't want to downgrade them um but uh but yeah they're making they're making their mark on, on, on in mma but yeah, yeah, Strike Force is done. Let's let's be honest here. Once after after this year, Gilbert pro, that Gilbert Melendez uh, card is probably going to be the last time um, they fight. They, they they do a show. How do you feel about Bellator as a brand? Then, in terms of the growth that they're experiencing, are you a fan of their tournament format? Uh, you know, what are you? What are some things you'd like to see different? I would like. Oh wow. Uh, Bellator is iffy with me. I tell you what, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of Bellator, mainly because I'm so busy with the UFC. I'm so occupied with the UFC that I I, I don't have the time in my busy schedule to keep tabs on Bellator. Uh, the <laughs> tournament, the tournament, and you're gonna hear a lot of people say that, and maybe it's just me or not. No, nope, um, I just not. I don't have it in my i don't have the time to watch bellator and it's a shame because i know that they do quality fights and i know a lot of people that actually prefer bellator over uh the ufc and uh but i just don't have the time for it now as far as the tournament um not nah, number one it's on mtv too so when it's on i'm not aware of it i know <laughs> i get through the tweets and i i know that they're on but I, there's nothing out there that says, oh, I want to see. They definitely need a better PR people to let us know, us fans know, like, this is the, uh, this is why, you know, you were talking about why should I care? Now, they should they should actually do that. Now, uh, from the tournament system, I know that it, it's definitely risky. And so far, it's, I think it's done well where uh, no major guys have been injured. Um, so, look, uh, as far as Bellator is concerned, I would I, look. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm not the best person to talk to about it. Um, and you know, a lot of the people that that follow me or uh, and a lot they do watch this the um, the, the cards. Um, it's definitely something I should definitely. I, I'm ashamed that I don't look at it uh, as much as I I do. I, I should. Well, I I can understand not having enough time for it because I end up usually having to DVR it and then watching it the next day or. Or watching it early in the or earlier in the week, so I can understand that because there really is at this point we we have so much of the sport now, especially if you're a cable subscriber because you know you got your HD net, you got all your Japanese fights, you got some of your smaller shows, then you have Bellator, then you got the UFC, then you got the Strike Force card. So by the time it's all said and done, there's at least you know 12 to 12 to 20 hours of programming that in a given month that you actually have to try and keep a pulse on. So I can, I can understand your, your, your frustration in, in trying to get all of that, all of that in one umbrella. The, and you know, there's, again, the PR people are horrible. Whoever they have there is not really 
um, doing a great job about g sending out the word. Uh, I know B Bjorn, uh, I think the guy's Bjorn Rebney is the yep. uh, CEO. He he does a great job of actually going on all the radio shows. I hear about uh, Bjorn a lot, um, but aside, there's no advertisements. Uh, I see advertisements for M1 Global and Strikeforce. But I don't see any um, advertisements for for Bellator, and Bellator is in Connecticut. Bellator is fairly nearby, um, you know, in the tri-state area. But there's nothing out there. I mean, your 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 hardcore fans are watching Bellator, but do those people and you know the the, the regular uh, social casual fans are not uh they're not watching it. Yeah, I gotta I gotta push I gotta push hard when I talk about it on air, just because I have to tell them like, hey, it's. It's free. There's a lot of quality fights, and what I've been trying to do is I'll take um, their their highlight their highlight reels from the from the weekend's events and put them on the fan page for the show, only because they have so much great talent. Not only that, but if if Strikeforce were to fold tomorrow, that would be the only other place where you could watch women's mixed martial arts other than you know in Japan. So right. it's 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 a brand that needs to succeed only because. Unless the UFC does something, you know, where totally, uh, totally off the kilt, and they try to go with with bringing, you know, female mixed martial arts onto the main stage, Bellator is going to be the only domestic outlet that you're going to have for that, other than, you know, obviously smaller shows and smaller venues. You know what the sad thing is? is I think I I'm more in tune with Dream than I am with Bellator, and Dream doesn't do hardly as many uh, fights as Bellator does. But I'm able to know when a dream card is coming up, who's fighting. You know, there's build-up to dream cards. And I don't know why there's no build-up to Bellator cards. Well, I think it's also a matter of, of you know, and this is just a personal opinion of just household names and, and establishment of, of identity in terms of, you know, if, if, you're, if you hear, hey, Shinya Aoki's fighting in dream and, um, you know, Eddie Alvarez is fighting or Nick Diaz is fighting in Japan, those are names that you're 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 familiar with either from UFC or Strike Force or or anything else, you know, tap tap out TV series, Twitter. But the thing with Bellator is that in in terms of them building an, a brand and building stars, they're using a very very I I could almost call it an antiquated approach where they just jump from you know they jump from network to network. Now they're on MTV too. They're going to be picked up by Spike next year where they're not doing anything to say, hey, this guy is the face of our company. Like, mm -hmm. you got a guy like Hector Lombard, the guy, you know, undefeated. That should be a guy that you go, hey, this guy's undefeated. He's, you know, mm -hmm. considered, the, you know, the best pound for pound in this division. You know, where's his competition? Just build it around mm -hmm. somebody. Yeah, even on the mainstream, I mean, it's, there's other MMA uh, radio shows. They hardly talk about it, you know. Uh, they, they briefly spend time on it but yeah I'm, I'm hoping you know what i bet you when it goes on spike i probably won't be aware of what's going on so you know mtv2 i understand why they signed that contract with them because they had to get on tv somehow and something is better than nothing but I, i'm pretty sure that once spike um starts to carry the brand that they're gonna they're gonna jump tenfold with with viewership there you go that works all right just to uh tie everything up in a, in a neat bow i just want to jump back into your into your vlogging work this is pretty much how it always goes with these interviews yeah yeah <laughs> we run off on a tangent and i'm like oh gotta go back especially because right, i because right. i have notes but um i did want to ask and we were talking about this before the interview started what are your what are you aspiring to do with the vlogs and where do you want to take 
the the vlogs in general is this something where you want to try and go into you know like i was we were talking before something like Ustream and try and get something live or do you want to go more audio based which we were discussing as well where where do you want to take the vlogs and where do you want to take that audience i would like to from just first off i get about two to i mean look the vlogs that i do the prediction vlog usually, and there's a recap vlog. There's a timetable for each vlog that I do. Um, after a card is finished, I, I may get five or six more views from that um, actual uh, uh, vlog. And after that, it's pretty much rendered useless, um, unless you want to go back and, and check it out. So as far as the vlogging world you know, there's there's people that are out there like uh, Surfer Ken's one of those people that he has vlogs that gets about 3,000 views. You know, Bloodstain Lane does it, but his are not always. He doesn't do a prediction and re, uh, recap all the time. Um, he just kind of does news and his thoughts and everything else. Um, there's an MMA analyst and there's a couple others. Um, and I'm kind of like I feel like I'm in there. It's it's interesting. Whether it's true or not, I feel like I'm in the top five vloggers. Whether that's wrong or not, I don't know if that's the truth. But um, I'm hoping to kind of transition my vlogs, which they're they're long. My vlogs can be very, over 30 minutes. I've done a really good job about cutting down some of the cards, um, the, the vlogs with, with, uh, with Chuck. Um, but I would like to go into what you do, radio. Um, you know, and uh, schedule permitting, you know, to be able to have people come and interact and, you know, whether you agree with me or not, you come on, you talk and we can we can discuss, you know, uh, what it is. So my, my hope is uh, by the end of the year, my goal, I've, I've made 800 views on one vlog. My goal is to hit a thousand. Hopefully that will happen. And I don't know if you noticed in my vlogs, I have not had Bloodstain Lane on there. And there's nope. a reason why. And that, that, that there's, there's a genuine reason why. It's because I want to be able to do it myself. Yes, I'm affiliated with them. And yes, I have the Team Takeover name. Whatever that's worth now. Because that's all... Every week, that always changes as far as what's going on with the, that crew. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I've, 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 and you know, Anthony's uh, Blood Saint Lane has told me many times. Oh man, I want to go on. I want to go on. I want to go on. Let me on. And I was telling him, listen, I don't. No offense, I don't want you on. I want to be able to to do this by myself. Um, so as far as my vlogs, I'm hoping to transition that into radio. I just started the iTunes account where I, I'm able to strip the audio and put it up so people can go on the road. And if they're, they're interested in listening to, to what I have to say and what Chuck and I have to say, um, you know, they could, they could put it on their iPhones or iPods and, or, and, you know, play it in their car or wherever. So that's where my, my, my goal is, or what I see the future of my vlog. Hopefully I, I'm definitely going to start transitioning into more interview styles kind of what you're doing with me now and i'm very honored to do this by the way i'm really really flattered that you even care to to talk um to me um but uh but yeah i mean uh, my my goal is to kind of um transition my vlog and to keep it a vlog that it gives i just want to have accessibility where people can see me they can hear me and they can take me on the way um on the go and talk to me um, then they could do that through Twitter. Yeah, of course. But I want to be able to to have um, a relationship with my viewers. That, that, 
that's what's up. I think that, you know, I want to, like I, like I said before, you guys do a great job. You and Chuck do fantastic work. You guys got great chemistry. And if you guys can take that to the next level, I think that the, your presentation will set you apart from everybody else. It has thus far, you're, you, you know, you guys give something that's genuine, but still opinionated, which is good. I mean, you don't read the news. You don't read the recaps. You, you go through it and there's genuine emotion and passion to it. So definitely keep up the great work with that. Thank you very much. And, and, and same to you, man, that I've, I've watched, uh, you know, your stuff and it's, it's actually really, really impressive. I'm jealous. <laughs> a lot of stuff that you have there, you put a lot of work into it. It's a lot of hard work, you know. And then the, and the MMA community itself, if you want to call us part of that, um, it, it, it's it's kind of new. It's brand new. This sport is still a brand new sport, so there's not a lot of money to be made. So a lot of people that are doing this, like yourself, we're doing it for the love of the sport, you know. There you so. go. No, and uh, you're 100% right. A lot of, you know, I am, we invest a lot of time and energy and effort, you know, between recording, editing, promoting, not only for the growth of a sport, but just for the growth of, our, of ourselves as professionals. I'm sure that since you've started your, your vlogs, you've learned a lot more about yourself and you've learned what limits you have, what lines you won't cross and how to promote yourself genuinely. Right. Yeah. And I'm always learning. I'm always learning. So never, you never stop learning. Well, if anybody wanted to keep up with you besides YouTube, what uh, where can where what other social media outlets, any websites and stuff, can they keep up with you? I'm on Twitter. Uh, I will always um, respond, pretty much respond to anything that you write to me. You know, I will always respond to pretty much any comment you make to me on uh, YouTube. And uh, you know, I'm on IronForgesIron.com. You can check me out there. I just became a member of that site. Um, you know, the, the teamtakeover.tv website that we used to have um, is no longer around. So, um, you know, I'm on there. I'm, I'm actually pretty easy to find um, as far as uh, through the social media sites. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm on iTunes now. All you got to do is uh, I put down um, MMA Takeover Radio. Uh, that way, you know, uh, you know, Team Takeover members could uh, check me out and you know if you type in mma into itunes um i'll pop up but uh yeah and i have a blog talk radio show um so yeah the, the, those are my main my main uh, and you can hear me now on this hopefully we'll do more of these uh, not necessarily interviewing me but uh corresponding that'd be pretty cool actually to have you on oh yeah we we can definitely do something you know i'll suck it up and go in front of a camera and right. make it <laughs> make it work right. but um you know, again, I appreciate I appreciate the work you do. What you're doing for the sport is uh, very, very, very helpful. It helps educate uh, casual viewers. Not only that, but it gives an outlet to those that want to learn about the sport in in a more friendly and approachable manner. So again, man, con uh, congratulations and keep up the good work. Thank you very much, and thank you. Congratulations to you. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. You just heard My Take Radio behind the mic with Team Takeover's Wayne Shada, offered exclusively for My Take Radio app owners and Stitcher subscribers. You can listen to My Take Radio live every Thursday at 11 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Just search for My Take Radio. Thanks for listening. Peace.